the reading is from John chapter 10 and uh, down to 20, from verse 1 down to 21. Jesus said, I tell you for certain, only thieves and robbers climb over the fence instead of going in through the gate to the sheep pen. But the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd and he goes in and through it. The sheep know their shepherd's voice. He calls each of them by name and leads them out. When he has led out all his sheep, he walks in front of them and they follow because they know his voice. The sheep will not follow strangers. They don't recognise the stranger's voice and they run away. Jesus told the people this story, but they did not understand what he was talking about. Jesus said, I tell you for certain that I am the gate for the sheep. Everyone who came before me was a thief and a robber, and the sheep did not listen to any of them. I am the gate. All who come in through me will be saved. Through me, they will come in and go and find pasture. A thief comes only to rob, kill and destroy. I came so that everyone would have life and have it fully. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. Hired workers are not like the shepherd. They don't own the sheep. And when they see a wolf coming, they run off and leave the sheep. Then the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. Hired workers run away because they don't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father and I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this sheep pen. I must go also and bring them together when they hear my voice. Then there will be one flock of sheep and one shepherd. The Father loves me because I give up my life, so I may receive it back again. No one takes my life from me. I give it up willingly. I have the power to give it up and the power to receive it back again just as my father commanded me to do. The people took sides because of what Jesus had told them. Many of them said, he has a demon in him. He's crazy. Why listen to him? But others said, how could anyone with a demon in him say these things? No one like this could give sight to a blind person. Thanks, Angie. Um, there's a lot of stuff in that passage, isn't there? Um, it's absolutely loaded with uh, different characters, different situations, but uh, I'll home in on uh, one aspect of it, and that is um, hearing God's voice in a, in a noisy world. And uh, from that reading, it was interesting to hear how um, Jesus was saying that the sheep know his voice and are able to follow him. So how do, we, um, how do we hear God's voice in this noisy world? 
Well, here's a parable. This is the parable of the drowning man. A fellow was stuck on his rooftop in a flood. And so he was praying to God for help. Soon a man in a rowboat came by and the fellow shouted to the man on the roof, Jump in, I can save you. The stranded fellow shouted back, No, it's okay. I'm praying to God and he's going to save me. So the rowboat went on. A little while later a motorboat came by. The fellow in the motorboat shouted, Jump in, I can save you. The stranded man said, no, thanks, I'm praying to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. And then a helicopter came by and the pilot shouted down, grab this rope. The pilot shouted down, grab this rope and I will lift you to safety. And the stranded man again replied, no thanks, I'm praying to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. And so the helicopter flew away. Soon the water rose above the rooftop and sadly the man drowned and he went to heaven. He finally got his chance to discuss the whole situation with God. And so he exclaimed, look God, I have faith in you, but you didn't save me, you let me drown. I don't understand why. To this God replied, look, I sent you a rowboat and then a most boat and then a helicopter. What more did you expect? So, how do we find out whether it's God's voice we're listening to or just some random stuff? Um, in the Bible, God's voice is depicted in many ways. For example, there's a gentle whisper to Elijah. There was a direct conversation between God and Moses. Sometimes people had visions and dreams. But there are examples of God's voice being audible. Can I... Um, Ask, has anybody here heard God's voice? Yeah? Yeah? yeah. What's, what's, it, what's his voice sound like? Okay. In Genesis chapter 3, right at the beginning of the, of, uh, the Bible, Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden and they were speaking to one another. For Moses, God spoke to him first in a burning bush. Samuel, who was a child in the temple, he heard God's voice calling to him. But he didn't understand it or didn't recognise it. It was only when Eli, the priest, explained to him that that was God's voice speaking to him. In Isaiah, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord asking, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? It was a declaration and a question. And as I was able to answer, the Lord sent me. <coughs> Peter, James and John heard the voice of God speaking out of the fire. and um, Sorry, uh, during the, the transfiguration of Jesus. So these moments are significant in the Bible because they, they represent direct communication between God and the person. He was providing guidance, he was giving commandments... He was giving reassurance to the individuals involved. Hearing God speak to them was a profound experience that often led to a deeper understanding of his will and his purpose. So, was it you, Joe, that said that when you heard God's voice, it was a gentle whisper? Yeah. yeah and describing what God's voice is really quite subjective in some ways. It varies from person to person. When we talk about hearing God's voice, we're not necessarily 
expecting you know, the booming voice that you hear um, in the movies, I can say almost certainly that it won't be Morgan Freeman. He won't be narrating your life's decisions. God's voice is much more profound than sound waves because it, it resonates not with our ears but with our souls. Some people describe hearing God's voice as an inner knowing or a, a conviction that aligns with God's character and word. It's a moment when you like read a scripture and it jumps out at you on the page or you feel prompted to act with kindness in a situation where you normally wouldn't. So we might not hear an audible voice, but we can listen for the echoes of God's guidance in our hearts and in our minds. But we must always check what we hear against the truth of his word. If you do hear God speaking to you, and it sounds like Morgan Freeman, that's probably just a bonus. <laughs> so, where can we hear God's voice? And I'm, I've got a few things to share with you now. Um, the, first of all, the Bible is God's voice. Sometimes um, I wish I could hear God's voice like my sat-nav. Um, I'm pretty sure, though, that if God's voice did come through to me on my sat-nav, it would probably say, most frequently, where possible, make a U-turn. <laughs> but instead of a sat-nav, God has left us a Bible, hasn't he? He's left us his own word. The Bible is one of the main ways God speaks to us. It's his written word, it's filled with guidance, wisdom, and stories of how he's interacted with people throughout the ages. But the Bible isn't just a book of stories. It's an autobiography of his dealings with man. Because God's revealing himself through his scriptures. So it's an autobiography of him, but it's also a biography of his relationship with each of us personally. Do you remember Moses? I've already mentioned him. He was an old man of 80 years tending to his sheep when God spoke to him through a burning bush. I've mentioned Samuel. He was a young man, a boy, who didn't at first recognise God's voice. And then there was Paul, the apostle, a young man at the height of his powers, in his early 30s, who was on his way to persecute Christians when God spoke to him in a vision. Well, it comes to each of us in different ways. These people heard the voice of God, and they've been written down as stories for us. So we now have a record in the Bible of God speaking to individuals and giving directions for their lives. Many people have found themselves inserting their own name into a Bible story, and it's been clear to them that God has used that to give them directions. That's a great uh, exercise to do. You know, you can pick up Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and put your own name in there. And God will speak to you, I'm sure, through that. So the Bible is God's voice. Also, the Holy Spirit is God's voice. He plays a crucial role in our lives. He's our helper and our counsellor. And he often brings a verse to mind at just the right time or give us some wisdom when we need it. Of course, if you want the Holy Spirit to use the Bible in your life, then you need to know and to trust the Bible. The more of the Bible that we've got laid up in our hearts, the more easily he can bring those scriptures to mind. You know, it's, it's more than having a sat-nav. It's like having the entire GPS system in our, in our bodies, in our minds. 
So we need to listen to that GPS, that inner GPS, and follow the direction. It was a gentle whisper in the Bible and to, and to Joe earlier on. Perhaps God will speak to you through the, through a, with a thunderous voice when he wants to convey his strength or his power. The Bible also talks about his voice sounding like many waters, which reveals both his unstoppable power and his desire to refresh. We've also read in the Bible that his voice is like a trumpet, perhaps proclaiming the truth or announcing his presence or divulging a secret. As we were singing, I was wondering how many people were hearing God speak to them directly whilst we were singing and praying, proclaiming a truth to them that they hadn't recognised for a while or perhaps a sense of his presence maybe even divulging a secret known only to you. The Holy Spirit guides us, he comforts us, and sometimes he convicts us. But it's always for our good and his glory. So we've got the, uh, the Bible is God's voice and the Holy Spirit is God's voice. Sometimes the counsel of other Christians is God's voice. He often uses the insights of other believers to speak to us. It's like when you're trying to find your way in a new city and so you stop and ask someone and a local gives you directions. And, you know, we might, un- might not understand why he's sending us the way that, the way that he is. Mm-hmm. But he, he's a local and he knows the shortcut. <laughs> I remember once a friend gave me advice that seemed odd at the time. But it turned out to be exactly what I needed to hear. That's how God can sometimes use the counsel of other Christians. But, you know, you really have to be sure that the counsel is in line with God's word and God's character. Because you won't, you won't get any advice that takes you in, in the wrong direction. And you can't do that if you're not reading the Bible. Do you know, in 2007, there was a survey in the US, and it re- revealed that one in ten people believed that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. There are many high school students who believe that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. Two-thirds of, the, of people um, interviewed believe that Billy Graham gave the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the most quoted Christian passages is God helps those who help themselves. And that's not from the Bible at all. It sounds right, doesn't it? But it's not true. There's a whole sermon around that, isn't it? How we can't help ourselves. So we've got the Bible is God's voice. We've got the Holy Spirit is God's voice. We've got the Council of Other Christians is God's voice. Circumstances can also be God's voice, but it's a tricky one. He can use circumstances to guide us. But, you know, not every circumstance is a sign from God. Some circumstances are simply that. They're just circumstances. Seeing a cloud in the sky looks like looking like a dove doesn't necessarily mean that peace is coming your way. It might just mean rain. <laughs> Whilst we um, want to look for God's hand in our lives, let's also use our brains. He gave, he gave us a, a mind so that we can understand his will. It's like when you see the green man at the pedestrian crossing. Just because it's green doesn't mean you should go. You still need to look both ways, don't you? So we need to discern, have discernment so we can understand when it's God's guidance to us and when it's just coincidence. Um, 
I'm going to make a, a little bit of a um, confession now. Um, sometimes I hear people who rely on positive circumstances of uh, absolute proof of God's guidance. And I feel like grabbing them by the collar and shouting, no! I've heard people say, we're moving to wherever. That must be from God because our house sale went through so quickly. But when the house sale falls through, we don't hear them say, oh, I misheard from God. Or that, um, are we going to start over? Instead, they're more likely to say, the enemy is opposing us. Or God wants us to persevere. You know, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And sometimes God can use the most unlikely sources to speak to us. Including non-Christians. Or beyond. Do you remember the story of Balaam in the Bible? God used a donkey to speak, uh, speak to him. Now, I don't think we should go to a farm that specialises in donkeys and try to get some advice from there. But it's a reminder that God can use and does use anyone or anything to get our attention. But remember, always test everything against the truth of God's word. What else is God's voice? Well, the peace of God that passes all understanding is the God's voice. But it's a funny thing. We can sometimes look for it in all the wrong places. You know, there's plenty of times where I've started meditating on a passage of scripture or a thought and I've ended up snoring. I was at peace and she wasn't. <laughs> when God speaks to us, there's often a sense of peace, even when he's asking us something that is difficult. It's like being in the eye of a storm. Everything around us is chaotic, but you feel calm inside. <laughs> True peace comes from God, and it's the kind that sticks around, even when life feels like a chaotic mess. If your peace remains, even when every circumstances change for the worse, it's like that joy that Rachel shared a few weeks ago. It's the assurance that no matter what, God is in control. I almost uh, used the, the passage, the story of Jonah, who was swallowed by a whale, as a powerful example of how peace can sometimes be misleading. I remember doing a Bible study on him years ago and writing down at the end, Jonah is the worst prophet ever. He's a man who showed so little obedience and faith. Jonah slept through a storm after running away from God's command. But this wasn't God's peace. It wasn't God affirming his actions that he'd done the right thing. It was a false sense of security in the middle of his dis disobedience. If you feel some peace, that's something that clearly contradicts God's word or his character, that's a red flag. That's a false peace. It might be stemming from our own desires or the influence of others rather than from God. So, what else is God's voice? I think God has given each of us a gift, hasn't he? Or many gifts, some people. God, God often calls us to use our gifts. 
he challenges us at the same time to step out in faith, step out of our comfort zones and trust him in areas where we feel unequipped. <coughs> God has equipped us with each with unique talents and gifts and he delights in seeing us use them for his glory. But sometimes he calls us to do tasks or be involved in something that's in beyond our capabilities. It's like being asked to play the piano when you only ever play the tambourine. But here's this thing. Doesn't, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. When, God felt, when Moses felt inadequate to speak, God gave him error. When David faced Goliath, he, gave it, he had only slings and a stone, but he also had God's power. So whether you're using God's, your, your God-given gifts or stepping out into something new, remember, it's not about our ability, but about our availability to God's call. In our pursuit of hearing God's voice, it's essential to remember that having a life of success is not the same as having a life of purpose. Success might mean climbing a career ladder. Purpose is building the ladder for others to climb to. It's not about the accolades that we might receive, but the lives that we impact. God calls on our lives. God's call on our lives often leads us to purposeful living, which transcends at success. It's like choosing to be the richest person in the graveyard or the one with the most stories told about their kindness. So, if we want to hear God's voice speaking to us, let's tune our ears to that frequency to hear not just the opportunities for success, but the whispers of purpose that God is breathing into us. And discerning God's voice is a journey. It requires a close relationship with him, a deep knowledge of his word, and a willingness to seek his will above our own. And just to finish, God, in his grace, when we make mistakes, he will redeem us and he'll guide us back onto his path. Let's have a, uh, a time to pray now and commit ourselves once again to being listeners of his word, not just hearers. Heavenly Father, we bless you for every good gift that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, for coming and changing the world and changing our lives. Thank you, Lord, for leading us your scriptures and for planting the Holy Spirit in each of us to convict us of truth. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us in fellowship with other people who similarly seek to follow you. And I pray, Father, above all, that you might grant each of us wisdom to know how to discern your voice, to choose not just to hear, but to listen and to obey. And thank you, Lord, that you are a trustworthy Father who never leads us into, into things that you won't equip us for or prepare us for. Help us, Father, to reach to you in faith, knowing that you are one true God, our Father and our Saviour. 
Bless you in Jesus' name.